More precise knowledge about how epidemics of flu spread and develop is being promised by scientists in London. They're doing a survey by internet to help get more accurate predictions about epidemics than was possible in the past. I talked with Ken Eames and first his colleague Ellen Brooks Pollock to find out exactly what the survey is. This is a website called the Flu Survey that tries to estimate the. Amount of flu activity in the community. So we want volunteers to log on and tell us when they've got flu-like illness. In 2009, there was quite a big scare. We were worried about this H1N1V flu, the so-called swine flu. In the event, it didn't turn out to be quite as bad as people thought. What was happening there, Ellen? Well, to start with, people just didn't know. And so there was a, a lot of uncertainty, and people were were very worried that it could potentially be as dangerous as previous pandemics,、uh, where there have been very high mortality rates. And so、uh, at the beginning of the swine flu epidemic, people were concerned, and lots of people went to the doctor. Lots of people did Google searches for flu, and people changed their behaviour from how they usually do in a regular flu season. Now,、um, Ken, Ken Eames, you're. Also here at the London School, you're an expert in mathematics, like Ellen, and it's your job to quantify things, isn't it? What we're trying to do with flu survey is measure how much flu there is out in the community, and what we're trying to do is to fill in some of the gaps in other UK surveillance methods. So around the country, there's networks of、uh, doctors, general practitioners who report people turning up with flu-like illness at their surgeries. Um, but those reports can only tell us about the people who get up off their sick bed and go and see their doctor. So, can you explain how you, the mathematicians, are able to help us in Britain and other countries with this sort of mathematical modelling to predict exactly what could happen in a flu epidemic? Mathematical modellers are being asked these days quite regularly by governments in the case of、um, swine flu or other novel infections to give some idea of what's going to happen next. So we're making sometimes simple, sometimes massively complicated mathematical models to try to predict what the transmission of the infection of interest is through our population. And the hope is that we can use those models to tell us, for example, how many cases there are going to be, how many people are going to end up in hospital,、um, and maybe what we should do about it. So modellers were being asked, and some of that work was done、um, here in the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine by. Professor John Edmonds, who's head of the modelling、uh, group here, and modellers are being asked to give guidance to the government on on what vaccination strategies should be used, for example. And what are you doing about this uncertainty now? So we're trying to collect a little bit more information about what's going on.、Um, as we've said, it's difficult to know exactly where we are at the moment. Usually, with any flu pandemic, we want to know how many cases there are around today, this week, and. That's based on surveillance systems that aren't perfect, and we're trying to fill in some of the gaps in that. So, if we can know through the use of our survey what fraction of sick people are going to their doctor, for example, that gives us a much better idea of how many cases there really are.、Mm. The difficulty with any bit of modelling is that the information you want comes in too late to be useful to feed into the model. So, it was certainly the case with swine flu when it first hit the headlines in back in April two thousand and nine. It was a new infection. It was a new strain of flu that really very little was known about. So we didn't know how infectious it was. We didn't know how、um, 
how fatal it was going to be. So then the estimates of, of the impact of it made right at the start were bound to have fairly wide confidence intervals on them. We couldn't be sure whether there would be no cases or billions of cases right at the start. And that sort of information only came later on in the epidemic once we gathered more information. So can you explain to me what you'd like people to do with your online web service which has a, a, a sort of real-time element in it doesn't it it does indeed yeah what we're asking people to do is to register our, for the flu survey and the web address for that is www.flusurvey.org.uk and we're going to do this year something very similar to what we did during swine flu pandemic we're going to ask people to register for the flu survey and then tell us each week whether or not they've got any flu-like symptoms and if people haven't got any symptoms it's a matter of clicking one box and saying no I'm perfectly fine this week thanks very much Um, but if they have got symptoms we then ask a few more questions we ask people whether they went to their doctor whether they've taken any medication whether they've taken time off work and those bits of information feed into then our understanding of the impact of flu epidemics. What are the practical benefits that might come out of this or, or that will come out of this? The more information we get the better we can do if we want to understand how disease is spreading we really need to be collecting good data about it. One of the advantages of the flu survey is that it collects that data in in real time. So we instantly know as soon as people have logged on and told us what's happening. Um, A lot of other data collection methods take much longer. They're based on filling in paper forms and sending them into an office and compiling them all together. Whereas we've got speed on our side. Ken Eames and before him Ellen Brooks Pollock of the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. For Audio News, I'm Peter Goodwin.